What's up, my peeps? Rather my human sweat pretzels. Well, I mean, this is a different podcast today, as you're about to find out, or as you've already found out from the title. I've never done a podcast by myself, so yeah, I'm in the in the lair, in the closet, and I actually had to clean it out because I needed to create a new space for people to come hang out that didn't seem like a space where they weren't going to make it out alive. I feel like Ethan alluded to it enough of like, the only reason he was in my closet is because he trusts me as an individual that I'm like, not going to choke him in here. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, you know, the closet was pretty intense. And so it's been cleaned out. I'm in here right now. Um, thinking about all my podcasts that I have to go and kind of how things have been going. I'm really happy with how a lot of these podcasts are turning out. But I think what's interesting is I highly underestimated the amount of time it takes to produce and edit and do all the things I do because I also like to have the complimentary videos that go with it to kind of showcase people and and I love it so much that I want to make every episode perfect which can be really hard but I'm really glad I started this rewarding project and all of this is to say that you're getting this podcast today because the next two podcasts that I have are a lot longer than the other ones and the editing is going to take me another week to get completed and I feel like it's going to be worth it. So I just wanted to give you an update on those. I have two students that I'm really excited to launch their pods and then I have two more that we'll be recording here pretty quick. So with that said though, I, I wanted to talk a little bit today just in my closet about jujitsu a little bit because I went to sub-league uh, qualifier one on Saturday and competed and then I also got to hang out on Sunday and coach some kiddos so that was my first time with some kids and it was it was really really exciting so so here's the thing competing is fucking hard and I don't need to tell you that necessarily I would think that anyone who understands sports uh, anyone who has done like even like debate or when you think about other types of teams in school and all these other things like competition is just exhausting it's terrifying all of those different things and some of the best people in the world you know you look at them and you see how confident they are and and all these other things and I wonder you know what happens on the other side of that how do they become their professional selves and one of those examples I think that's really good is I think that Kendall Roosing has a really good view on like how to be a good competitor. I actually was just scrolling through the Instagrams, checking out something that she was saying about, you know, how to become a better athlete and the things that we need to do to be mentally better. One of those things being like, you know, after your round is over, especially like if you're at the gym um, training, you know, get up after your match. Like don't lay around on the mat. Don't be lazy. Don't do all those things, you know, and had a lot of really good advice about the things that, that we can do to become better athletes. And I think when we go into a competition, we go in with a bunch of knowledge and we think that, you know, we're going to know what's up and then we get into it and then we realize like, oh, this is not how I thought it was going to go. So I'm just going to talk to you about kind of like, how do I, how do I do competitions? Like, how does it work for me? So I think that in my early phases of doing jujitsu, my camps used to be really long and I would plan to go to a tournament like three or four months in advance and then I would write down an entire workout schedule 
I would write down all of my practices. Uh, Professor Quinn and I would work on what are the things that I'm going to do. And my friend Kimo would come and be in those practices with us. And and I'd run my practices and we would do everything just like down to a T. I mean, even like diet, sleep, all those different things. So I did that for a really long time. And I think it was really beneficial. And it's something that I need to get back into today. But, you know, thinking about what is it like to be at a high level in the sense that like I have a black belt. So my only option is to go with the people at the top. Like that, it will always be that way from now on. There's no easy matches, right? And going to uh, sub league this weekend was no different. So I did not prepare in exactly the ways that I normally would for this tournament, which is not an excuse for anything that happened. It's just, it just is what it is. Like I'm just saying, sometimes we can't always get in the prep that we exactly wanted, especially because I wasn't sure if I would have matches or not based on who had signed up. So when I look in the brackets, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, are, are these people going to want to train or compete with me because I'm X amount heavier? Or, you know, do I want to compete with people because they're X amount bigger than me, all the above? And, you know, your girl ain't afraid of a fight. Like, I'm not afraid. But sometimes injuries and things can make it so that I make different decisions. So I didn't, I didn't go up in weight previously in my last competition because my knee was really bad and I didn't want it to get hurt. And but I was feeling pretty good this time, so I decided to go up in some division. And then in the actually it was Nogi Elite with Jennifer Connor, which is fantastic. And then I also was lucky that Katie Howard wanted to do a match with me. Uh, she's the at a lower weight than I am, so so they came up for me. And then I got really lucky to have an awesome match in the gi first thing in the morning with Tina Tapuni. Um, I think that's how you say her last name. Um, apologies, Tina, if you were listening, <laughs> and I did not say that correctly. Uh, but Tina, you know, she she showed up. She, you know, she wanted to to fight, and I thought it was fantastic. So I'm really thankful to all three of those ladies for coming and fighting me. But at the same time, that was really really hard for me because I feel like when I look at a black belt, I'm like, shit, like I have a black belt now. So like now I have a lot more to prove. At least that's what I'm thinking, you know, in my head. And so that really got to me in trying to compete and look at what's going on. But when I think about it, like, it's not like any of those women aren't at that same level, though. I mean, all that's really the difference between me and them is just a color on the belt. And that's it. It doesn't actually really mean as much as you think it would. I think that my professor, I think what does Professor Harold say? Something like the belt only covers like two inches of your ass or something like that so you got to cover the rest and uh you know I gotta I gotta cover the rest I think that that's something I really need to work on and a few things that I know that are really important to get back into would be like making sure my nutrition is more on point I think making sure your nutrition is on point before a competition is really important and I didn't do that as much as I should have so something that a lot of people don't know I mean uh, close friends know and stuff, but you know, now the world will know, I guess. But, um, I deal with a lot of digestive issues and I have like these special diets that I'm supposed to be doing. And they're really hard to do because honestly, I just like sugar, uh, and boxes of Cheez-Its and gallons of ice cream, just like the rest of you do. But like, 
the wrong taste of something and like I get super sick. And so not being careful about my diet can really be a detriment. So I really need to, to tie that up. And I've been doing that the last couple of weeks because I really want to make a good showing at Grappling Industries, which is April 23rd. I plan on competing there. I already registered both Gi and Nogi because I like to do both divisions. I like to challenge myself. I don't, you know, I don't like to back down from anyone that wants to show up. And, and I'm lucky if anyone wants to show up, right? So anyway... Dealing with that is really, really difficult, and I think this time we did a pretty good job. Professor David helps me with um, some of my like food prep and, and getting all that together, so I had that, which was really good. What was hard, though, I think is that I, dis- I just wasn't really like mentally as in the matches as I wish I was, and I think that was really hard to watch back all the matches and look and be like, okay, like... It was very clear that I wasn't present inside of the match the entire time because I spent too much time looking over at my coaches, looking at people coaching me, trying to figure out what was going on. And if I'm paying attention to somebody that's outside of me in the match, then I'm not focused on my opponent. And if I'm not focused on my opponent, I could get hurt. And that's not good. Now, here's the thing, like, I could be really sad about this thing forever, and it's not like I didn't, you know, bawl my eyes out for a good couple of hours, you know, on Saturday after the whole ordeal, but it's hard. Competition is hard. Trying to stay in a good mindset is hard. But I think what really makes champions and what makes winners are people that just try and try and try again. The thing is about me that I think people don't know is that I don't give up and I don't get like I don't give up at all I might have to tap so my arm doesn't break or so I don't pass out though trust your girl has thought about not tapping and like seeing the other side but I don't I also am not so sure that that's always a good example because I know I have kids watching me and I have kids hanging out (laughs) in my gym I teach kids I teach teenagers you know and uh, for me, it's like, I gotta be the good example. And so I really, I really need to get some of that together. And the mental piece is so hard. I think that we can get really wrapped up in our matches about you know, all the other things that are going on. What are the things that are going wrong? Which is what happened to me is I, I ended up in some positions I didn't really wanna be in. And instead of looking at the situation and saying, okay, I need to solve the situation that I'm in. We need to solve how we're going to get out. We need to listen to our coaches, all those other things. I felt like in my head instead, I was complaining. I was complaining about how hard it was to myself. I was complaining that I didn't like being on bottom, that I didn't like the position I was in. You know, that doesn't really do any good for us inside of a competitive mindset sitting there inside of a match where you're fighting and you know you're fighting but your thoughts are telling you things like that you don't want to be there or you just want to quit or they want it to be over like those things don't don't work and for me that wasn't like my my most champion mindset you know and I feel like unprofessional about it but at the same time I think what's important is I can take it back and say okay well clearly we just have some mental issue in the middle of match 
where we're not focusing properly. So what are the things that we need to do to fix that? And I think that that's a big theme throughout a competitive weekend is to look around and look at the things that you did and make them observations and feedback. My problem is, is a lot of times I do say, okay, I think that this is positive or I think that this is negative. And I'm sure that there's merit to that. And I'm sure someone likes those things, but I don't really like things necessarily to be good or bad feedback or good or bad, like in, in po- like a positive or negative sense, because putting positive and negatives on things makes us give things too much value, I think, versus if I look at things as neutral feedback, in the sense that here are the things that I can do to increase my production or what decreases my production, like at jujitsu or practice or whatever it is, like looking at those things, then we can take them and say, okay, these are fixable issues that we have. Here's what we can do about them. Because I think if I spend all my time feeling really bad about the performance, then I'm not spending enough time thinking about what are the ways that I could improve the next performance. And I think you have to be able to find that space to say, okay, I had a bad match or whatever. I didn't have the match go the way I wanted and now I have another match. So what am I going to do in between one to the next to make it better? Or what am I going to do between now and the next tournament to make it better? So as soon as Saturday was over, you know, I went through, I did seven matches in total. Um, Only one of those went the distance with Katie and we had a great match. I hadn't, I hadn't rolled with, with Katie in a very long time. So that was really fun for me to be able to test myself again, especially in the Nogi setting when, you know, I really didn't start Nogi like exclusively, I would say, until maybe five years ago. I always wore the Gi. So I thought Nogi was stupid. I thought leg blocks were stupid. <laughs> Y'all can laugh at me now um, because I... If you know me now, you know I love I love legs and all that stuff, but I used to think that they were terrible and all this whatever, and I thought it was dumb. So I was not in a growth mindset about nogi jiu-jitsu for a long time until I decided to try it. And it's funny now because it's one of my favorite things to do, but I feel behind in a lot of ways there because I spent so long holding on to pieces of fabric, uh, which is fine, you know. I love the gi too. But I feel like the gi is a slower game. And so getting into the no-gi game is so fast and kind of keeping up with everybody's pace is something that I need to make sure to work on. And I think what's really frustrating for me about all of this on top of it is that, so I had the COVID back in, in January and I've never recovered and I still have like wheezing lungs and I have to have an inhaler every day it's really annoying, and uh, I spend most of my days just like coughing and coughing and coughing, trying to get rid of like what's in my in my lungs, and it's just going to be some time until that clears. Which is not again not an excuse. It's just it is what it is. You know, we all have to deal with things in our jujitsu careers. People have like, man, Professor David broke or need him break um, his knee. His knee got hyperextended in a match and then I think in that same day he like hurt another part of his body and then he was like out for a really really long time and that was really hard it's really hard to be out for a long time from jujitsu and and then like deal with all those things um but 
jujitsu careers can be long, right? So if it's just these couple of months that I have to deal with it, I guess it is what it is. But it does feel really frustrating over the top of wanting you to do well in jujitsu. And all of us have dealt with it. I tell my students all the time when they have injuries, you know, or whatever, the sick can be like, yo, you gotta, you gotta study still though. You still have to do the things that you're supposed to do. And I feel like I could have done better in the last couple of months of probably taking care of the bronchitis. Um, but now after yesterday or Saturday, rather, after all the matches on Saturday and whatnot, I'm feeling, I'm feeling extra motivated to get everything right and dialed in for April 23rd. Um, and I want to be competing in the under 150 division. Uh, so I have to keep my diet on track and I know I can do those things. And I've never missed weight, ever. I've always made weight. And so I know I'll make weight. I only have a couple of pounds to lose. It. I feel like this weekend, usually after I compete, I eat like 500 things like whatever I can find I just like inhale but I just didn't really feel like it as much this weekend <laughs> so to be completely honest I kind of lost my train of thought as I started talking um, about being sick <laughs> mostly because I was like why am I even talking about this this is not really important but then I was like you know what, whatever I'm saying right now, I, I think is maybe important for me. Even if people don't listen to it, I suppose my own processing is really important. And if anything, I hope it gives other people comfort that, you know, life isn't perfect for everyone. You know, I go out and I compete and I do all kinds of things. And, you know, Instagram only shows the fun stuff, right? Instagram doesn't show when I go down to the Northwest Fitness and go down there and then, I have to work out super hard and I'm like crying on the floor. I'm like a grown woman like bawling because I have to work out really, really hard because my coach makes me want to quit. Um, and that can be difficult. And when I think about all of the struggles that occur while I'm trying to get all of this competitive stuff done, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's not for the faint of heart. I don't think that becoming, you know, what I feel like I wanted to become a professional athlete. Like that's my, that's what I want to be. I want to be a professional athlete. And I wanted that for a very long time. And the struggle is long and the struggle is hard, especially in a sport where most people quit. Most people just straight up quit this sport. That's why I even started this podcast because I, I want to know why do people quit? Why do people stop? But then I even get in those spaces where I was like, no, I want to quit. I want to stop. I don't want to be here anymore. And the reason I think is partially due to having to know I have to lose in front of people. And very visually, you know, they see the other women and they're like, well, they're brown belts. Well, she's a black belt. Why is she getting tapped? You know, I have those thoughts too. I have the same exact type of thoughts that the rest of you all do. I was talking to my kiddos that are out competing and, and you know, they're telling me things that they're scared about or things that they're nervous about, things that they're upset about. And I'm like, man, I don't know that much has changed really from looking at the white belt perspective of having to go in that perspective has never changed. 
I'm still just as scared now as I was before. I actually think the most confident I ever felt competing though was like top of my purple belt. That's when I felt the best. And ever since then, it's been very, very difficult. I think part of that is because, you know, with the pandemic, we didn't, not everyone was competing. You know, everyone had to make their own choices and I chose to not compete for most of it. And that really sucked. I lost a, a good amount of, you know, two years in a, on a brown belt to try to keep up competitively. And I felt like I lost a little juice, you know, I, I, and I got to get that back for, for myself. Like I have to create that momentum. And I think what drives me so much is to watch other competitors and other teammates go. So what was cool this weekend, you know, so that was like enough about me. I'm like kind of done talking about me. I, I was kind of trying to think about how do I even talk about myself in these senses and and try to make a compact, you know, concise way to tell you what's up. But my brain doesn't really work that way. So I, I'm, I'm better at just talking and, and seeing, you know, what comes out and y'all can make whatever you want of it. But anyway, what I want to talk about uh, next a little bit is the other people that were there competing. And so Ben from the NWMA Eugene gym, he was there competing. And he went uh, after I did my matches. And let me tell you what, that kid is going to be something. So Ben is like tall, lanky. Uh, it was He's like so new. He's never competed. He didn't know he, did, he couldn't wear a rash guard. Um, so he'd take off his rash guard. And that was funny. And, but he, you know, he went out there and I loved his positive attitude and that positive attitude that he had, like I was able to really feed off of that. So I had done really bad in, in my opinion, in my matches previously, wasn't feeling so great about it, but here comes Ben just happy go lucky and just really, really happy to be there. And what's awesome about having a team is you have those people around you who can help build you back up, right? So, you know, he came in and he saw I was upset, gave me a big old hug and he was like, said some like super nice things to me. And I was just like, I felt like I was vibing. I, I really felt like that pickup and I was really appreciative of Ben doing that. I watched him compete and man, he had some hard matches. He fought hard. He had to get out of some triangle situations. He was trying to get people in triangles himself. The thing is, is the whole time though, he had a smile on his face. He was ready to go and having a great time. And I was really, really proud of that. And watching that helped me gain back some energy that I needed. So all of that is to say, if you're the teammate, if you're on a team, part of your job is to uplift others around you. And my job is supposed to be that thing too. And I had a really hard time doing it on Saturday, but you know, Ben really did that for me. And I am super appreciative of him. So big shout out, Ben. I'm really excited to see where you go in your competitive experiences next. Like if you want to come April 23rd, Grappling Industries, your girl got room in the car. Like we can go. Um, or make Professor Harold and everyone else come. That would be really fun. And then we also had from our gym, NWMA Coos Bay, we had uh, David Jr., not to be confused with uh, Professor David. Um, David Jr., who is like, like an adult. He's super cool, his white belt. He's new at jiu-jitsu and he's been coming in very, very consistently. He kind of has a more of a quiet demeanor, but I really saw like his competitive spirit come out. And what I thought was great is he's really, really coachable. 
And for me, what's really important about my athletes is that I have a coachable athlete. Because, you know, we don't get better unless we can allow ourselves to be coached. I am super guilty of not allowing myself to be coached. But David was very good at listening. He was very good at taking feedback and implementing it. And he kept a good attitude the entire time. And what I always am looking for in my athletes is that attitude and the want to go out there and the want to try. And he was happy he did it. And I'm super happy for him. There's more to come. And bro, you want to come to Grappling Industries? Let's go. And then after all of that, the next day I got to go yesterday and watch three of my kids compete. Two of them were competing for the very first time. One, it was their second competition. So uh, first off, it was Breck and Andrew, and Breck has already done one competition, and Breck is uh, really good at wrestling. So he already started wrestling, and he has a really competitive spirit. What's really funny about Breck is that, to me, he, when I first kind of saw him, you know, I, I was like, man, he's kind of a goofy little guy. He really wants to compete. I don't really know how he'll do, because I... I'd never seen it before. So the first time he went out to compete, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And all of a sudden, Breck turned into like the Breck machine and went bananas on like trying to take people down. He even got DQ'd because he was like trying to wrestle people and didn't know, you know, about like the way he was holding onto the head. So it was totally fine, you know. We fixed that. And then when he went into this competition, it was like over 100% increase from the previous competition. And that was just at the end, I think that was at like Ground Warrior, where we were just a Ground Warrior, I think end of January. No, on 219, that's right. 219 was Ground Warrior. So, you know, 4-2 was, or 4-3 was the tournament. So, you know, about a month or so, he had to look at all the things that he had done in the previous one, and then take those things, fix them, and get better. And I, I swear, over 100% improvement on performance. He went out and he had some really, really great arm bars. He was really good at getting the takedowns and getting into the top position. And I was really proud of watching how he conducted himself because he's always a really good teammate. He's always lifting up others. And it doesn't matter if they're actually his teammate or not. He goes around and he talks to all the other competitors, make sure everyone's cool. And I really appreciate that about him. Then we had Andrew and they're in the same division and they're like training partners, but they both went out there and you know, they got after it. So Andrew, I, I knew that this first competition was gonna be something special for him. Andrew is a really good, like mentally ready competitor. He has like a certain type of tenacity that's different from some of the other children that I see come through. He has an ability to really watch things and absorb and then do them. He's very quiet, but very observant. And he very much picks up technique and concept very quickly. And I think that what's really great is uh, Professor David really is their main coach, both Breck and uh, Andrew. And I can see in Andrew a lot of the same qualities that Professor David has and that kind of quiet studious kind of go out there like get it done so so little andrew went out armbarred all all of them i think just about i think he armbarred everybody if i remember correctly and he was a very respectful teammate has a smile on his face and then you know it came down to it where both breck and andrew 
had to go against each other for first and second. And and I personally believe in closing out a division by fighting for it. I know not everyone is for that and it could create, you know, animosity within a team possibly, but you know, when you're a young kid, I really don't think that there's a reason why you shouldn't go against your teammate. It's another match that's really good for you. And when you're looking at the both of them, that's first and second place. So they need to try to beat each other, in my opinion, because I, I want them to go out there and be the best they can be. So, oh, hi, kitten. You could probably hear my cat meowing. She's in, likes my closet, apparently. Um, so anyway, they go out. They fought so hard and I was so proud of them. Neither of them gave up. Neither of them looked upset. After the match was over, they both got up. They were super kind with each other. Best buds. I swear, they might have been better buds after the whole thing was over and watching them with their medals and how excited they were was just really priceless for me to see two teammates fight it out in the whole division, close out the division and fight each other and still be best friends. That's a really, really good example of, I think, what it takes to be a great teammate. And then Mr. Wyatt is one of my teens. He's my very first teen to go to a competition. Wyatt and I have had a lot of time to do jujitsu together. He's also done a lot of jujitsu with Coach Raphael and Professor David. So he's kind of got a little bit from all of us. And his his brother is Andrew. So he has like built-in training partners. His little sister also does jujitsu Camilla. She was the cheering section, so shout out Camilla for 100% being the cheering section. It was fantastic. But Wyatt is also kind of kind of quiet, but you know what I love about Wyatt? Is he cares so much about everything and everyone around him. He always wants to make sure that like everyone is taken care of. Like he's really just a good like team dad as like a teenager. And so he was really nervous. I think to go out and compete, but I knew that he would do well regardless. And what I was proud of is that he went out and his competitors all were bigger than him and taller and more experienced, you know, the whole thing. Cause that's how it is, right? You only ever go when everyone else is more experienced and taller. Like that's just how it works. So he goes out there and he's got this whole thing ahead of him. I can see he's nervous, but he walks out there and boy, he had a rough first match, but he, you know, he got up, he made sure to shake hands. He shook everyone's hands, made sure to come back to, to us. And we had a talk, you know, about, you know, what, what makes a champion? Like we don't give up right here. You know, we had a hard match, but you know, we, we got to take some breaths and we have to reset because we have another match. We have another chance to do something great. Because I don't, I personally don't think that one match should define the rest of the day. Unfortunately, I think I will tell you that Saturday I felt like that happened to me, but I don't think that it should. And so I wanted Wyatt to know like, hey buddy, like we gotta, we gotta work on that mental piece right now. We, we have to, you know, this is our champion moment. This is our moment to take a breath. So something that my uh, coach, uh, strength and conditioning had, you know, talked with me about um, like some breathing and breathing exercises and how breathing with people can be helpful and all this with her. So I like grabbed little Wyatt and like kind of gave him a hug and I was like, okay, buddy, like we're going to breathe together because he was saying, you know, man, I can't breathe. And I have been there so many times of feeling like I can't breathe in my match. 
so I held, I, I got Wyatt and I said, okay, we're going to take big breath in and big breath out and we're going to do it together. And so we kind of did that to kind of bring his nerves down, bring the heart rate down, find some space and clear space to be able to be ready for the next match. And he went out there and did it again, had a really hard match, had to come back. We had to reset. He did it again, went back out, had a hard match, came back. His fourth match is against the girl that has beat every other person in there. He still holds his head high. He walks to the edge of the mat. He walks out there. He shakes hands, has a rough match, has to tap, gets up, shakes hand, walks off the mat. Super pro. Teenage super pro. Like, that's that's saying something because the thing is, is there are other teenagers, and I'm saying teenager, but he's like 11. I actually, for some reason, thought Wyatt was much older. I don't know why I, I thought that, but he's like 11. And he holds himself, though, like an adult man. And he went out there and he took it and he gave everything he had when I know that most other people would quit in those moments. But he was a champion because he walked out every single time after every single defeat and he said to himself again, yes, I believe in myself to do this again. My coaches are here. Everyone is here. I can do this. And... To me, that's a winner. That is a winner. The winner is the person that doesn't give up. The winner is the person that takes responsibility. The winner is the person that knows that they can do better in the future. All those different things. I think defining winning within ourselves is really important because I don't, I don't think that we should let other people define what our wins are. So for me, on Saturday, normally what I think of as a win is like, I won the match, right? But in the end, when I look back at the matches, I actually was just really proud of myself that I was able to maintain some sort of wrestling and really try to get in and feel comfortable in the wrestling game. And this was one of the times I felt the, the most strong. I started strength and conditioning almost a year ago, just about, and my strength increase has been really incredible and it's allowed me to do a lot of different things in jujitsu that I wasn't able to do before. And so I feel like I was able to start showcasing that in, uh, in, in these last matches on Saturday, just nothing went my way in the end. Really, and I think, and so I was talking with my coach this morning, he was like, yeah, I mean, like, you're, you're just a mistake away from a win or a draw. Like, really, that's where it's at, you know? And so being too hard on myself doesn't make sense. And so, I, you know, I want to I wanna take that, and I want to be an example for these kids to do those things too. And when we think of ourselves as the martial artist and the person that's going out there, I think what's really important is looking at who are we building. So it was important for me to tell you about all of these kids that went out and competed because watching them only makes me want to be better because I watched them almost be more professional than myself. I watched them be such pros and that just is a testament to Professor David and how he teaches these kids and how he goes through and it's also a really big testament though to these parents. So Breck's parents are, are super awesome. I've had lots of conversations with them. And they understand jujitsu. They understand what it takes. And they understand wrestling and, and all those other things. So that's really, really helpful for me to have that relationship also with the parents so that all of us can look at, you know, look Breck and say, okay, this is what, what I think Breck needs. What do you all think? And then we can all work on that together. And it's just the same thing with myself and Andrew and Wyatt. And then eventually Camilla, if she ever decides to compete, you know, 
looking at their parents and like both of their parents start are doing jujitsu that both of them took fundamentals with me i watched all three of those kids watch their parents do fundamentals together and they understand what it takes they know what it takes and i think that that's so important is like we have to build these communities around what is the next generation of jujitsu look like what does it look like to be a coach what does it look like to be a professional who am I for these children? How do I act so that these children know how to act too? Because what really bothers me is when I, and I, I even did it, and I'm, I'm mad I did it on Saturday, but there were some moments that I just did not feel like I was super professional, but I know that I can be better, and I wanna be a professional because I see many other people not being that way. And it really, really bothers me. It really bothers me the way that a lot of people talk about each other, like, we're all just here trying to do jujitsu, and I don't think any one of us gets here alone. It takes an entire team. It takes a village. It takes a community to build great athletes, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do, and if at the end of the day, <laughs> I guess I can say to myself, you know, I'm trying my hardest. I'm trying my best to do everything that I can to be everything I can be for my students, then that's what it is. Unfortunately, I'm not a perfect human. None of us are like we are humans, right? Isn't that, isn't that part of the human condition? None of us can really reach that perfection that all of us wish that we could. Man, I, I feel myself wanting to get on a roll right now, but I can see the clock telling me that I have a jujitsu class to start teaching in about 25 minutes. And I'm pretty sure there's a small a cuddly baby waiting for me to uh, hang around with them and, and teach them some jujitsu. I'm in this new experiment thing right now with uh, Daylin's baby, um, baby Jay, my favorite baby Jay. And she and I like, okay, so tangent before I get off the pod here. So baby Jay is adorable. She's like six months old, right? And I'm super interested in development of athletes before they ever start becoming an athlete, right? And some people might think it's too far, but some of y'all pierce your baby's ears when they get born, so what's the difference? Anyway, Baby J and I hang out and we go and we watch jiu-jitsu. And then I talk to Baby J while I'm holding her and I tell her what's going on. And then she and I do things like I'll duck walk with her or I will sit and be we'll like lay together kind of like I'll be like this is the guard we have our guard here and like showing her, her little toes like how do her toes move all those different things and then like I don't know if it's weird but I'll just be like no one's gonna pass your guard baby J like you're gonna be strong you're a big strong girl that's one of my favorite things I like to say you're a big strong girl you're gonna get huge large and you're gonna get hench and you're gonna win so with all that I think it is about time for me to get going to jujitsu because I now have less than half an hour until I'm supposed to start teaching. So I just wanted to kind of talk through things today. So, you know, if you like the pod, let me know. We're on the Instagrams. You can find us at jujitsu is hard and you'll see me. There I am. Um, my face is plastered all, all over it, which I thought was wild to do because I was like, oh no, everyone's going to know who's talking. Uh, but you know, I think that's the point is to be authentic and try to be myself in a space where sometimes I kind of feel like a weirdo. So I guess if I'm talking in my closet to myself, it's not too weird, right? 
I look around. I'm like looking around in here. I'm like, it's not weird, right? But there's no one to validate me. So I'll just validate myself. Anyway, so if you listen to all that, I'm super glad you did. And I appreciate you. I appreciate to everyone that's been listening, giving me feedback on these podcasts. I've been having so much fun. I can't wait to bring you more content. So be looking out for our next two episodes that will be coming out in the next two weeks. I have some really good ones. They're, they're doozies. So make sure you make some extra time for them. Share the pod with someone that you think might enjoy it. And just be awesome. Just keep being awesome and being kind to each other, okay? I'll talk to y'all later.